0: You're listening to the Ontos Podcast, where we explore the nature of stories and the pursuit of being in truth. I'm Mac. And I'm Vod, And our sentience depends on you. Now cue the intro music.
1: And so I come to the focus of my argument. I apologize. Even forcing my words into steel... Sitting and scratching in this frozen cave, I am prone to ramble. This is the problem. Though I believe it though I believed in Alindy at first, I later became suspicious. It seemed that he fit the signs, true. But well how can I explain this? Could it be that he fit them too well? Alright, alright, alright. We're getting to the juicy parts of the epigraph. Ooh. More lore dropping. Here we go. Um there's not much to talk about it though. That's the thing. I've noticed that about these epigraphs doing like the reread when i um yeah, during our first read through uh of like the first or of Mistborn right through what we went through we we saw that the epigraphs hit a point where they were telling us so much background information and we were we were we were like every other like episode or every other one of our episodes we were like, oh man, this is so interesting, what are they talking about with this and that I've realized that in this one so up to this point. We haven't got as much of that yet. Indeed. And, and I think like it's going to get pretty big here soon. So we might have an epigraph episode mm. down the road. But let's talk about this. Chapter 37. So we have a Sazed point of view, and Sazed and Tendril have been studying all night about what could be uh what 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 the meaning of what Sazed found in Saren was.
0: Which is the epigraphs. The epigraphs,
1: yeah. So Sazed uh one thing we learned I think was really interesting is that Sazed was the one to present Tendul with all the knowledge of the keepers when she was done with the breeding program when she joined their ranks and was officially a keeper he's the one who taught her everything which is a very interesting thing to see at this point but so what they're studying at this point though is one of Tendul's biographies and they're talking about how it's talking about how the last man to be conquered by the Lord Ruler believed that he could have stood up to the Lord Ruler if it weren't for the fact that he that his his kingdom ran out of food. And why is this important? Because Tendril and Sazed both now agree with Vin. The deepness is the mist. That's what they truly believe now, based on going through everything that they've gone through, all the research they've done. That is the case. It is the mist. So. With that belief done, we get a bit of personal grievances here between Caesar and Tindal. Tindal like calls something out. I forgot what she called out with Caesar, but she calls something out and was like, "You're just wrong." And is like, "All right, I'm wrong." And Tindal's like, "Why do you always just give in? Why don't you defend yourself? If you would have defended yourself against the Senate, 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 yeah. If you were, if you would have, if you would have defended yourself against the Senate." You would be leading them now, not cast out by them. And I think it's coming to air. I think in this conversation, what Tendril's really angry at is finally starting to come out. Mm -hmm. Because she goes on and says, listen, you're a better man than anyone in that Senate is currently. And I don't know why I believe that. I just know that I do. And she's just so mad about it. And she's like, I need to leave. I'm going to leave today, okay? I'm going to leave today. And, and Cesar's like, what are you going to do? Are you going to go back to the council? And, he's, and she's like, no, I'm not going back to the council. I'm not going back to the senate. I'm going to go offer the same help help I gave Ellen to Set and Straff now. And and Cesar's like, oh, that's right. You need to remain neutral. So you have to at least offer the same help that you've given him to everyone else. And she's like, you know, um, she's fond of Ellen says points out that when she mentions that uh ellen she goes ellen is a good man and she says it says points out that she has fondness in her voice she actually believes it now after having seen everything having gone through and, t- uh, and taught him she truly believes ellen is the right man for the job at this point which is a big turnaround from the where she was when she first got there but Tindal is mad that Sazed won't fight to keep her here. Because she mentions she does that thing where she gotta go. She goes, "Are you not gonna put up a fight? Are you not gonna say something?" Sazed is just like, "I'm so confused about what's going on." She's like, "This is the thing I, I've hated about you, Sazed is the fact that you know it's the fact that I came back to this council to learn that you had been pushed off because." You stood up against the Senate and told them that maybe you shouldn't be you, you shouldn't be waiting. Maybe you should be fighting and going forward and trying to push uh, push ourselves through. And you are the only one who said that. And Instead of defending yourself, you took their judgment and you let them exile you. Yet here you are. You are the person who freed us all.
0: If you had listened to them, we never would have overthrown the Lord Ruler.
1: If you had listened to them, we would have never we've ne- never reached this point. And she goes. All the biographies I've read. All the biographies I've read. You share all the qualities of a great man. You don't sit and wait around. They never did. They went out and did something. And right now, she wants, you know, she she loves it We can see it. Mm-hmm. She We see the fondness in her eyes. She even says that, you know, it goes, listen, I can't be a man. We know Seizit's eunuch. I can't be a man. And Tindril like, dude bad a comment i think i've had enough to do with men you know (laughs) i went through enough i think i want to avoid men for right now you know and she wants to stay with him and so she just straight up says it she finally gives in because says it apparently can't pull his head out or doesn't want to make the decision because of how it's crazy he's he is like remember we go back to book one about how he'd talk about being docile he is docile but it's in a different way every it's like the exact opposite you know, Tendril's like, would have been like, listen to the council, things like that. And that's how she would have been docile in that sense. Yet when it comes to defending himself, it won't say a single word to protect himself from like anything. Indeed, <laughs> It's so, it's so interesting. But she finally just says, and "says give me a reason to stay. And it goes, I want you to stay. And she does. And we jump over to an Ellen point of view. We get Ham and, Ham and the men are starting to see Ellen as a king. Ham goes up and says, The men, when you come by, if they know you're going to come by, they polish their swords. They stand up straighter. They're finally seeing Ellen as a leader. And Ellen's like, Cool, just in time for me to lose this all. Mm-hmm. Um, but they finally started to see him as a leader. And we now see that the Koloss have arrived at the city, but they're holding, they have enough restraint that they're not engaging the other armies yet. All right. But we see the, the shift is complete. Ellen believes, he straight up says it. I believe that I am the best leader that this this place has. I believe it now. I am the best choice, and therefore I need to fight and figure out a way to keep this. And we we notice that set and straft, uh their their men have been skirmishing consistently, and Ellen's like, is that big news? And Ham's like, yeah. They just like their patrols run into each other and they kill they kill a couple of each other and they leave consistently. It's it's pretty normal. But I think the big thing here is that Ellen believes that. He is the best for the job, and he goes. I owe this to Tendril, but Tendril would probably say that I don't owe this to her. You know, this was always me, and I just finally pulled my head out. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I I'm an idealist, and I know I will make an excellent king, and I think I have a plan on how to make that work at the at the final meeting. And that's the end of that chapter, and we go to chapter thirty-eight. So we get a Venn point of view of watching ellen greet everyone entering in and he wanted to be there and he wanted to greet everyone because he wanted the power he wanted to show that he was in charge even in these moments and ellen's planning something and he straight up tells vin hey vin i'm planning something i didn't have time to tell you i'm really sorry this doesn't change the way i look at you and vin gets super duper anxious because he's she's like come on Come on, I think she even has like a PTSD flashback. She explains how she's just like, this is exactly what happened when Kelsier just up and left. His last words being, "You need to know, you know, you need to understand what friendship is, Vin." And that was it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> and she's having that moment again. Helen's just like, "I couldn't tell you. This doesn't change the way I see you." And she's like, "Oh no." Uh, but yeah, Vin ends up figuring out the plan pretty quickly. At the uh, the assembly, she put, figures it out pretty quickly. She sees that in the crowd there is Demu ham and a priest of the church of the survivor and she goes ellen you did not ellen is joining the church of the survivor and he's going to use this as a way to pull support from the ska because not very not many of them will go against the church of the survivor and he's smart he goes i don't need to win i just need to deadlock the assembly and i keep my throne for another year so that's this plan moving in. And Vin's like, This is bad because, you know, Ellen will actually follow up on his promises. Whatever promise he made to them, he's gonna he's gonna keep it. And she's like, ah, this this could mean that the Church of the Survivor becomes as powerful as the still ministry did under the Lord ruler. And she sees that as being a pretty, pretty big chance for a negative. And she sees herself as the knife, and for the first time she calls herself. She goes, I'm just the knife. She repeats repeats Zane's words. I'm just a knife. And then she sees someone moving in the crowd. And we get an Ellen point of view as he just barely ducks out of the way of a thug assassin. And everything jumps into chaos and we will uh, again. It's a big fight scene. It's a fight scene. We'll spare those, but we'll hit the big points. So ready? Let's go. Big points. Three thugs, three mistings that she has no idea of. She guessed there comes some, some sort of corn shots or lurchers or something like that, something to affect metal, so that that, that can't be dealt with quickly. She is able to use Duraliman pretty quickly and pretty early in the fight with pewter to like catch two of them off guard completely and just straight up just demolish them. But she's been wounded a couple of times. And she's starting to feel the feel the be slowed down the sluggishness from the wounds and this thug is about to kill her and then or jumps and legitimately attacks the thug and the thug turns and bashes his skull in just smashes it in one clean smash and she jumps over to him and is like what sir or Orsir, are you okay and Orsir's smiling and she's like what and then his shoulder opens up and she he spits out the vial for her and she's able to get more pewter to keep fighting and she's circling this thug ready to fight and our sir gives her like i think she said like the dog equivalent of a wink even though skull smashed and he jumps on the thugs back and causes the thug to turn again and she's able to kill him off that and we just have this incredible fight scene where ellen's actually holding his own in the corner because with his training and he's actually fighting off two of the coin shots lurchers whatever they are and then thing gets caught Then gets snagged by this thug who early on she broke his leg but then forgot about him. And he's choking the life out of her. Same way the Steel Inquisitor was choking her to death when she was about to fight the Lord Ruler. And she's like, I need to use Duralaman or I'm not gonna get out of this. But if I do, then I'm gonna run out of Pewter again, and there's no extra pewter. And the most honestly disturbing scene I think we could see at this point, at least I think, she uses Duralaman and Pewter and headbutts the thug. And his head literally explodes. That much force.
0: And her last sight is of Ellen looking at her horrified.
1: Yep. We get scooted over to Ellen's point of view at this point. And he admits, I'm not a fighter. I haven't seen war like this. Uh, I haven't seen battles like this very often. And uh, he's shaken by what he's seen. As would I be if my girlfriend made some guy's head explode by headbutting him. So pretty pretty scared. But he he also mentions that this he's like, I just I didn't think she could do this. I've heard stories of her fighting. I even know she killed the Lord Ruler, but is this really how strong Missborn are? You know, and he points out, he goes, I don't think something's not right about her, Ham. Have you ever seen someone who can do what she could do? Um have you ever even thought of a Mistborn being able to do what she can do and uh, this conversation's interrupted though because uh, yeah they have they get word that Lord Penrod is holding the continued vote at his own mansion and, and, and Ham's like don't they think they shouldn't do this you just almost got assassinated and he's like no they're smart because this is the last day and if a vote doesn't happen on this day then I like I get to keep my throne And they go, and it turns out that most of the lords but two voted for Penrod. All the merchants backed Penrod. Which was a surprise, because they were supposed to back Set. And then just enough Ska back Ellen that it's a deadlock. Until one of them asked,
0: Can I change my vote?
1: Can I change my vote? That
0: loophole is only
1: recognized by that the obligator guy. Yeah, it says that Norton is the only other one other than Ellen who realizes that you can, in fact, change your vote. And Norton gives him a look saying, I'm not going to tell if you don't tell.
0: And Ellen says, yes, you can change your vote. And they both throw their votes into Penrod. And he's officially king. And Ellen hands over his crown. And that is the end of part three. Ratchet ratchet, oh, ratchet, ratchet, ratchet! ratchet.
1: <laughs> like, like we were talking about before, I kept reading this book the first time through and went, "This literally can't get worse." Ah, oh, got worse. And, and the
0: thing is, is again, it was masterfully written by Brandon uh, as, like, you know, the tension was—you thought you got away with it, and then at the very end, you know, and because the thing is, is I'll admit, in a lot of Cosmere stories, if I was reading this again and its own, a lot of Cosmere stories things do happen in the end that seem like it works out you know and you just thought that was going to happen again nope well of ascension is just a constant drag like it's a just a, a, a dagger in you that just keeps getting twisted
1: honestly because i i would i have you know i've read a lot of you know i've read a lot i've gone through a lot of stories specifically fantasy stories and this was like you know Maybe I'm, maybe I'm over exaggerating just because I love Mistborn so much. But this was like the first time in a story that I literally went, are you seriously just going to keep making it worse? Top like, 10 anime betrayals. <laughs> no, I kept thinking. I go, I go I, I'm like, I keep telling myself, I feel like I know this is going to work out in the end. But I've never had an author just go, like you said, Ratchet ratchet normally you get one two maybe a third one this was coming in with like the fourth turn and you're like Grr!
0: right you thought it was going to be like oh ellen's going to get his crown back that was a nice little detour and now he's going to be dealing with go, it i thought
1: we were going to go into the sanderlanch but like the epic sanderlanch going up where it's like now ellen's got his crown he's going to defend the city with some brilliant move and we're going to have this awesome moment of ellen's just going to be the goat and is uh, like now nah, we're going to go the sanderlanch in the other way.
0: And so, I mean, that it, it really is just like a constant little, you know, no no tick here. Um, so I mean, the big thing was Ellen losing his crown. He joined the Crucial Survivor, yep. he gets a scar on his side, and uh, you know, in a twist of fate, um, Penrod ends up winning the votes, which we saw Penrod, as far as we know, is a pretty honorable guy who. You know, is pretty supportive of Ellen, and he just kind of comes out of nowhere.
1: Yeah, basically through what Ellen said himself. Like, if if Ellen, I think, up to this point had to choose for someone to be a leader other than him, it would be Pinrod. And the thing is, is
0: Penrod's like a known quantity. Like, he's been around pretty long. It's, this is not like Set. Set came out of nowhere. No one really kind of, you know, it's it, in the previous chapters, we saw how Set has his dirty little fingers all over Luthadel and pretends like he doesn't. Um, and so no no one really understands him, but he basically says like, look, I do all sorts of things and he's shown that he know he understands a lot more than people expected. Penrod is a known quantity. So this is weird, you know, for him to just kind of come out of nowhere with, uh, with kind of a win. Um, he doesn't come off as like a crafty guy or a shady guy. And again, you could see this as like a potential betrayal or something like that, or, something more um but the whole point is is that ellen's lost and he lost again because he was too honorable he was Essentially, a good he
1: was a good guy yeah
0: he was trying to hold on to it too much we also got to see Ven fight again and actually be able to use duralamine um really effectively <laughs> that's um,
1: scary head Headbutt- exploding head what
0: and it was on a thug so that and head it was
1: on a thug that
0: that was a not normal that was not a normal head that she had yeah, butted yeah uh on a thug who was using their pewter so um Duralamine be scary but i mean the thing is is i i'm kind of surprised ellen was kind of taken aback but of course you know the the horrors of actual violence and all that kind of and, and stuff. I, I
1: think the thing was he saw her do it he's never seen her her kill someone up to that point
0: i think it's also a combination of like i don't think he's actually seen something like that I, I, th- I say that but you know he did he was there during the rebellion so surely he would have seen some stuff but not a head exploding kind of thing
1: yeah i really do think because like he saw the slaughter that the steel inquisitor was putting out in that, in that when the rebellion started i don't think that's it i really do think it's just like he had never seen vin kill he says that. i've never seen vin kill
0: yeah so i mean admittedly yeah that's true uh there's a little bit of more of like oh um you know i i can't really handle that vin you know did this thing but i mean it's uh i it's, it's just a very tense place to, well, i mean this is a tense place to end but like it's tense in more ways than one because we end with not just ellen losing the crown but now he and Vin may be on the rocks, which Vin's already like super like sketched, worried and sketched out by him. Uh, cause he's like, oh, he's so much more independent, I and mean, he has she has Zane in her ear. And then you have him, uh, now with like, oh, this is a sense of horror in the background. You know, we always knew there was something weird with Seiza and Tendul, um, or not weird, but like there was something there, like they had a history.
1: Exactly what Breeze said exactly what Bree said. I didn't bring it up in the last episode but exactly what Bree said. There's a set of like bitterness and anger there that doesn't come from hate. It can only come from another emotion. And you know, it's nice to kind of
0: see like, you know, they both kind of acknowledge it says it mm-hmm. doesn't try he he I I, kind of love seeing this part of says it because it is very much against the character we would understand. Mm-hmm. He she says, like, you never defend yourself. You never have like you didn't you're not doing it. You never did. You didn't do it for the sign Uh, You're not doing it for me. Like you're, you just don't do that. He's like, I'm sorry. Stop apologizing. I'm sorry. I keep apologizing. You know, it, that's the whole thing. But in the end, it goes against that nature and says, I want you to stay. And she does. She's just like, that's all I needed, essentially. And I don't know. It, what's funny is even looking at it now, um, so some people might call this cheesy, but I thought, find it really, really interesting that we didn't really understand the relationship. We got it basically in this chapter. Here's our relationship. Here's who we are. Here's how we feel about each other. And boom, it all just kind of comes into a click. You know, it's I guess it's uh, looking at it now. It's like it was really well built up. It was mm-hmm. like it obviously was foreshadowed like, oh, there's just like kind of this thing going on. But for our dump, like here's who you are to me. You here's your history, you know, of doing this and not doing this and doing this and not doing this. And that really ticks me off. And here's you know where we are right now, and I'm telling you right now, you need to step up. Otherwise, I'm going to bail. And it's like struggling with this. He, he he does. You don't. He doesn't say he's struggling, but you can see it. Like he's, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, you know. And then in the end, he realizes, look, she's important to him.
1: So I have a question for you, okay? Because again, the build up makes a lot of sense if you look at it this way, right? She, he was the one who basically was her mentor right he was the one who gave her all the information i don't i don't want to say mentor he gave her all the information when she became a keeper when Mm -hmm. she was finally able to right she has this like line and i don't know if i'm gonna say it exactly correct but if you if you kind of read into this line a bit she goes and what happened when i returned i returned to find out that you were sent away by the council for disobeying and things like that and then she if you take and you read into that of her being like i came back to you being gone because you didn't stand up for yourself if you take that and you read into it that way, and then you read into our next line where she goes, you could have been running the council if you just defended yourself. You could have been the one in charge. You couldn't. You wouldn't have had to leave me. Why are you leaving and disobeying your orders now? What is so important? What is so important that you're disobeying your orders, and yet you won't defend yourself? You're doing it again, but you're letting these people push you around. Finally, it came to the head here where she went, just tell me you want me to stay. Just stand up for yourself for once and be there, so, like, I can be there for you. So, again, it's just masterful. It, it's She's
0: simultaneously, you know, giving us a, you know, exposition of what's of who says it is and why she feels the way she does. While also, you know, expressing, like, this is why I'm mad at you. And th- this is why I can care about you so much and still treat you the way I do. Um, and says it also being like, yes, I am the guy who, um, you know defies all the things of the terrorists and i'm seen as a rebel and a radical but i can also be this you know really uh passive person um you know he's more of a person of action than he is you know of words and so essentially like when someone when he gets shut down by an authority he just does and we've seen a little bit of that with say we have seen like you know, he says, oh, well, it's my t-. it's basically it's like uh, or sort of saying it's the contract. You know, he kind of leans back to guess yeah, like uh, now you can see almost like an excuse. Like I do these things because, you know, I'm supposed to do these things. Um, but most of it is I wanted to de- do that. You know, he wanted to go to Luthadel. He wanted, you know, all these other all these other things. And so that's why he did it. But when it comes down to arguing the points, he can't or won't. He refuses to, like when he's confronted with it. And we have actually seen that from him, essentially.
1: Consistently, yeah.
0: And so uh, it's really interesting to have that pointed out. Because if I had told you, like, yeah, there's this guy. He comes from these people. They're really docile and laid back, whatever. But he's not like that. And then she goes, oh, look, actually, here's this history of being exactly like that. Um, it's just you guys don't see it that way, and it was particularly painful for her.
1: Yeah, It's such an interesting... Like you said, we've seen that before. We do, right? How many times did we point on the first book where Kelser was like, I trust this person to take care of it, I trust you to do that, and and, and Sazed was like, I'm not a fighter, I'm not this, I'm not that, but repeatedly when push came to shove, he was, like you said, a man of action. He was like, I'm not that, but I am. Yeah.
0: And so... Uh, It's just, I mean, I know we always we were we were leaving off this idea of like, oh, um, the uh, uh, you know Ellen lost his crown, but like this is kind of like a big moment for Sazed as a character.
1: I love Sazed,
0: which we which we didn't get to see actually very much of in Final Empire. He was always kind of in the background. In the end, you know, the last like twenty percent, ten percent of the book, you know, he started to really kind of show up, but um he's otherwise just kind of been the side character and so we're seeing a little bit more into him even though that he's the one that kind of comes in comes in and like takes and starts um getting the story rolling you know with understanding what's happening with Quan.
1: yeah and sitting here we we get this big understanding with saizid and like you mentioned we're left with even bigger question marks on how the heck ellen's plan fell through and next chapter we're going to see the exact reason why he ultimately failed Hey everyone, Vod here. Please rate our podcast and follow us for regular episodes Monday through Friday. If you enjoy listening, consider subscribing. We are a very small project, so please support us with likes and comments. You can find us on Patreon at patreon.com ontos. That's patreon.com O-N-T-O-S. Thanks again, and remember, our sentience depends on you. first book right sorry i can't read that on apple watch (laughs) (laughs) one for the blooper reel (laughs) all right um so